here we go. Episode 49 of the Hardline Sports Talk. We're one away from the big old 50. I am Michael Merlo alongside me on Zoom. I have John Michael Masiri. JM, how are we doing tonight? Good. You got the you got the episode name right this time. You you messed I it know. up the last time. I know that was a bad one. The first time. The first uh, time out of 48, I miss uh, mess it up on the first try. I'm doing good. First episode of 2022. Look at us. We we made it. We made it to the new year. Um shocking, right? Yeah, I'm ready to rock. We got the list is continuing. Football, we're down to one more week. So I'm ready to go. Ready to go. We have our third baseman, top 10 third baseman. Very excited for that. This is a pretty loaded position. I'm like, I'm still, I don't think I'm it playing is. With it. it used to be. It's kind of, it's still good, but it's not the way it used to be. Uh, listen, I, I got my five right now, and these are five very good third basemen. Mm. I think my list is going to surprise you. It might get you a little mad, honestly, but. Uh, what, we'll do you mean, what do you mean mad? Why? Because you're going to have one of my favorite players in the whole league where he shouldn't be? No, no. Just you'll see. <laughs> one of my least favorite players where he should be probably. Mm-hmm. All right. We are going to start, though, with the NFL. Um, obviously, week 18. You know, so hopefully you're out of your fantasy football playoffs because I've heard a lot of people that have fantasy football championships. Oh, my this God. Week. You and can. Jamar Chase out. Joe Burrow out, Joe Mixon out. I'm sure the Cowboys are going to be resting players. Is Rodgers playing? Do they announce that? I I don't imagine why, why they, they would. Why would they play him? If anything, maybe he'll play a half, play a couple drives. Well, if he didn't have the banged up toe, I would say I'd want him out there. Yeah, that's another the first thing. First half, you know, because you're going to be sitting for three weeks. Right. But, but at the same time. hurt. At the same time, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's been in the league for 15 years or whatever it is at this point. I think he'll he can handle a couple weeks off. I think he knows by now how to handle Three that. Three weeks. Three weeks he's, is a lot. He's had his his fair share of first round buys. He has, and this I mean, listen, I, I we'll probably talk about him later, but I just want to say this right now with the way the NFC looks, I don't I, like. There's no excuse for them to get to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying win it because winning the Super Bowls. You know, a whole nother thing. They have to at least get there this year. Yeah, and after all the history that they have of falling short in the NFC Championship game, I mean, you got – he's playing on MVP level again. You got home field advantage. The defense is the best it's been in a couple of years. So, yeah. It might be the best it's been since he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Eh, one of them. Definitely one of them. Does he only have one? These air, this this left AirPod is going to be the death of me. I swear yeah. to God. It was, you got to stop wearing them. You got to go back to the old ones. I can't. The other ones are terrible. All right, we're um, dancing around. Let's go. We're dancing around because we did have a plan, and our plan was to talk about the lowly New York Giants, the embarrassing New York Giants, a team that had this rich history, a storied franchise in the last 10 years outside of one has just been a complete embarrassment Mm -hmm. and has completely ruined their reputation in my opinion the new york giants obviously we're talking about them and they're going to have a lot of decisions to make coming up this offseason one of them is going to be made it's a very easy one they are going to get rid of their general manager dave gentleman who i believe i said this a couple days ago i think he's done a worse job with the new york giants than phil jackson did with the new york Knicks. Uh, and I, I can't agree with you on that. Phil Jackson, if there was a guy who it wanted to intentionally damage a franchise, I think it would be Phil Jackson. 
as as Stephen A. Smith said, his first move was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. Like, come on, that's <laughs> that's pretty bad. Look at where this franchise has gone since he took over. I'm done. That one's out. We're done <laughs> We're with the right AirPod. It's done. It's fired. Yeah, I mean, we we talk about the Giants all the time on this show, and they're they're in for a bad offseason because, like you just said, Gettleman's going to be gone. Now you're going to have to bring in a new GM. Is that GM going to want Danny Dimes? Is he going to want Joe Judge? Let me backtrack for a sec. Can we take that nickname away from this guy? Danny Dimes? Yeah, can we stop with that? Uh, I like, don't know. I really, I really like the nickname. If he was Danny Dimes, if he was throwing dimes, we could call him Danny Dimes, but we should, we should call him Danny Injured Reserve at this point, honestly. I could get behind that. Yeah. Because the, the guy's never healthy. Listen, Daniel Jones, I think, is the simplest answer to me because he he has to come back next season, right? They have him under contract. So it's not like you're deciding on the fifth-year option, which should absolutely be a no. You're declining that, and that's this offseason. But he's coming back next season right. no matter what, um, unless they made a stupid move to go get a Russell Wilson or, a, right. you know, whatever, another veteran quarterback because the roster's not close, so I don't think that's a good move at all. I don't – I like they I think they still are gonna hold out hope with with Jones and, and hope for the best, but I think I don't see the I don't see any downside in bringing him back, especially with what we think the season's gonna be, which is just you know the start of a teardown. Right. Yeah, I th- I agree. I think Jones, you gotta keep him for one more year. Even if you bring in another coach, I mean the poor guy, what is that gonna be? His third head coach? His third head coach. His third head coach. Um, if Judge is gone and now he's got a new GM and everything, but it's, it's guaranteed to be his third offensive coordinator and third new. Yeah, coordinator. right. And then you, you throw in all the interim, you know, he's got an interim coordinator. Right. Um, but I think you roll with him for one more year. You know, if 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 you draft a quarterback, look at look at what the Jets did with Sam Darnold. Listen, if the New England Patriots or the Green Bay Packers or whoever drafted Sam Darnold, would it be a different story? I don't know. Who knows? The talent just Honestly, it doesn't seem to be there. But the Jets drafted Sam Darnold. Offensive line was putrid. Coaching staff wasn't really in place. Um, you had the defense was bad. He didn't have weapons. He had nothing, right? And we all know how that worked out. He's playing football for the Carolina Panthers right now. If you, very good there. If you let's just say, the Giants are in love with Kenny Pickett. I'm just being hypothetical here. Right. What is drafting Kenny Pickett going to do for your franchise? He's going to come in, have no offensive line. The weapons are going to be, eh. I mean, Galladay, it doesn't even have a touchdown this year. And he's going to have nothing to protect him and nothing to help him put up some some stats. So what you need to do, they have two first-round picks. They're both going to be in the top 10. You draft offensive line. You draft whatever they need on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe you draft a receiver. Who knows? But – you shed your dead cap. Nate Solder, I think, is as good as gone. Um, and you need to just start over. That's what. That's the point. I think the Giants, I don't think I'm crazy to say the Giants are in the worst situation, at least top three worst situations in the NFL, maybe number one. You're not in, cr- I in think terms of future. One, I think number one is absolutely a possibility. I mean, yes, you, you have the two first-round picks, which help, and they're both most likely going to be in the top eight. Right. But you have no money to spend you have to hire a new general manager and now you're keeping the head coach, which I'm okay with. 
right. I would bring the head coach back and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But if the head coach doesn't work out, now you have a general manager that you brought in that was aligned with your head coach. And, you know, in the jet situation, they did it. We did, they did that with gaze and that worked out. They got Douglas and Douglas has been, yeah, I know in my, in my opinion, well, it worked out for the Douglas part. It didn't work out when they fired Bowles and McCagnan then hired uh, Gase. That was, that was a shit show. Yes. But I'm talking about where, the, like You're talking about bringing in the new GM and keeping the coach. Well, you no, you did. You fired a new, you fired a GM. You had a head coach in place, and that head coach helped hire the GM. Right, which and is not the, the way it should be done. Not the way to go. The Jets got very lucky that they were able to get a guy like Joe Douglas away from Philadelphia, and we've seen it actually with I mean, Philly for the most part for a couple of years. Actually, they weren't drafting well. Right. They had, you know, from roster issues, but it, it, it's, it's really tough. I mean, you have so many big contracts on this roster right now. They have no cap space. I mean, I know it's easy to get rid of cap space, you know, in the NFL. I mean, they move money around and, you know, it's, add all this space. Yeah. Defer this, whatever. Right. And it's so stupid because why even have a salary cap if you're allowed to do all yeah. this? But, but is Daniel Jones a problem? Because honestly, I don't, like I said, I, I don't know if I said this on the show or if I said this to you in a private conversation. I don't know. But, is he the solution? I'd probably say not, but is he the problem? I don't think so either, because look at the way the Giants have played when Daniel Jones has been on the field versus when he's been off the field this season. I mean, Mike Glennon is out here. I think I could put on shoulder pads and, and have a little better of a stat line than Mike Glennon. I mean, you think oh, so? maybe <laughs> 24 yards. What do you have? Four fumbles and two picks? Uh, two fumbles, two picks. Um... I thought it was four fumbles. Why did no? I saw that too somewhere. It wasn't four. Yeah. It was two fumbles. Four two fumbles. Turnovers. A negative ten net passing yards. I mean, what the hell? That's they that's were imp- running. They were running the football nonstop. Obviously, and, they only threw the ball eleven times, and they were running the ball down like right at one point. We haven't even gotten to the Giants and Joe Judge's press conference after the game on Sunday. You cannot go in front of the media after getting absolutely embarrassed by a rookie quarterback and a team that is going to finish in third place in the NFC North and go out there and say, oh, well, we have guys who want to be here next year. They're begging to come back next year. And, and you know, they, they play hard for us every single week. They, they play really hard. Like, he was just doing that football coach rah-rah BS. And, you know, great. Your players don't have golf clubs in front of their locker rooms. Amazing. You're you you're getting full, did you watch the full clip? Yes. They're all 13 minutes of it or whatever it was. Yeah. Where he kept he kept saying, You gotta understand that. All right, you understand? You gotta you gotta understand that. But um you can't get absolutely embarrassed like that and go in front of the media and and basically brag about how your players are still playing hard for you. He was basically giving himself a pat on the back and saying, I know how horrible we are, but I am such a great leader of men that these guys are still coming out and practicing hard and playing hard for me. This is my problem with Joe Judge. The, the, the question was great. I mean, he got a 13-minute answer out of the coach. So the question that whoever asked was a fantastic question. It's, it's a simple answer, and it should have been no more than a minute. He's... You say, 
our guys come to work every day. They give me my all every, you know, every day they come to work. You know, we, I feel like we're building something here, you know, just a couple more BS. That's it. You're done to go on and on like that really killed him. Yeah. So I believe him. I think they do have a good culture. I don't believe the fact that people are calling him and saying, I want to come back or, yeah, you know, I want to stay, or I wish I was with you guys. I don't believe that that's BS. I believe that they have that there's something in that locker room. They, they love, they like playing for him. They respect him and he's a good motivator. I, I think that's all true. Right. I think calling out the past regime saying that, before he got there, there was absolutely no culture. I think calling out a team in your division in which you're playing this week with no quarterback was a bad choice saying, mm. oh, well, our guys aren't fighting on the sideline. That's not good either. He sounded desperate. Joe, yeah. let me tell you, man to man, everybody understands what you're working with right now. Everybody, I, I think most people would agree. You've been handed a terrible hand, a raw deal. Now, that's the reason why I would bring him back for next season. I don't think he's had a fair shot. And I, I think that's fair to say that he hasn't had a fair shot on offense. It's been brutal. We understand that you were never going to win this game. We understand you were never going to beat Philadelphia. And we understand you're not going to beat Washington next week. No, but Bill Belichick and John Madden couldn't win with Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm. But he's try, he's, it's almost like he has to try and save himself when he doesn't. And the job is safe. And he only hurt himself. With the first 10 minutes of his press conference, I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, it, it's fine. But that answer, the 13-minute answer, is where he killed himself. And he really – he may have hurt himself with giant ownership. I, I believe that. The, honestly, the, the answer in the press conference, it seemed like insecure. That's honestly what I got from that. I got major insecurities from Joe Judge. And, you know, he'll, he'll stand up there and he'll maybe put on the front – that, oh, I don't care if I get booed. I don't care what the media says, but you obviously do when you're going out there in front of everybody and basically trying to preach for yourself and explain that you're doing a good job. Joe, if you're doing a good job, we'll we'll see that, and that'll be in the papers. Uh, I know New York's a tough place to coach, tough place to play, but if you're doing a good job, the fans will like Um, But... They're not winning football games and you can be a leader of men and lead the culture in a good way and have your guys fight for you. But let's also not forget that being a head coach isn't just rallying men. It's the X's and the O's and it's going out, executing your game plan and beating your opponent. And the Giants have failed to do that, especially recently when they're getting absolutely embarrassed in every aspect of the game. I agree with you. If, uh, let's just, Joe Judge came in as a special teams coordinator, right? So he's not an offensive guy. He's not a defensive guy. I mean, if he was anything, he might lean defense, but he doesn't, you know, his coordinators that you hire are very important because the offensive guy is has full control of the offense and the defensive guy, for the most part, he hired Patrick Graham. He's the assistant head coach. He has full control of the defense. So if you look at another guy that's a special teams coordinator, was a special teams coordinator that got hired as a head coach, we look at uh, John Harbaugh. And things that John Harbaugh is a fantastic, in my opinion, I think you'll agree. I think in-game decisions, he's great. You know, whether it's to go for two, go for it on fourth down, kick a field goal or not, I think he's fantastic. He's a great motivator. His players like and respect playing for him. And he trusts that he has great coordinators and he trusts them. And I'm sure he's a great teacher, you know, in practice. I wouldn't know. Now, again, he's not running the offense. 
So with Judge, I, like I, I think he has the motivator, the the, the teacher, the the good leader, guys that want to play for him. And he's more of a CEO type guy, more than just, you know, on one side of the ball, like Pat Shermer was on the offensive side of the ball. Rob Sala would be more toward the defensive side of the ball. I think the fact that he has has had absolutely no offense for two years has killed him. So, and, and again, I don't know how you feel. I would, I would no question not no question, but when they hire a general manager and, you know, the head coach comes up, I wouldn't force him. Uh, I wouldn't force Joe Judge on that general manager. I would say our preference is to keep Judge, but we're open to everything and anything. If you have, you know, if you feel very strongly about getting rid of him and you have, you know, a plan and, and guys that you want to bring in, you know, we're willing to listen and, and hear that out and possibly move on that decision. But preference and this is what they're going to say we would like to keep joe judge but he should not be forced on the next general manager and that is key because i would bring him back but i wouldn't force him on anybody and i wouldn't hire somebody to go along with his to, that speaks his language as some like to say right no i agree my way for him i agree a hundred percent i would not ever force joe judge coming back on a gm because what do you first of all if you want to make this this position desirable you know you got the giants are in a tough situation any gm who maybe has other offers from other teams you're not this isn't going to be the most desirable situation because of how decimated this roster is but if you make it available that you can hire a head coach as a general manager then it might make it a little more enticing if you're saying joe judge is the guy here we want to keep him you're throwing that on him and on top of it, what's the matter? Bre- breaking news. Michael K will team up with Alex Rodriguez for ESPN Manning Cast for baseball. Oh, my God. What the hell? Were him and A-Rod, what was their relationship like? I don't even I know. Think it's, I think it's good. I mean, it has to be good. I, I think they have a good relationship. Oh, no. That could be really good or really bad. I feel like it might be really bad. You'll like this. The new Sunday night baseball team will be David Cohen and Eduardo Perez. I like Eduardo Perez, and I already I already love David Cohen. David Cohen's fantastic at his job. And now is David Cohen still going to be with? Yes, he still will be, right? Yeah, they just you know you work out the schedule where we can. Maybe he's not right. Anyway, back to the debacle that is the New York Giants, please, and Joe Judge. Yeah, so. You know, if you want to make this this position desirable, you have to give them some flexibility with who they want their head coach to be. Because if you have that and you have, you know, they want to keep Danny Dimes and the general manager might want to I'm sorry, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. You know what? You're the one that doesn't want to call him I, because Dimes. I hear it all the time. And it's not I know the guy as um, if you're the general manager, you know, you might want to keep Daniel Jones, but. You know, you're going to want a little uh, little bit of freedom to do what you want and mold this football team in the way that you want. And I think the Giants, as long as it's the right guy, I don't think you should just give contracts to anybody. I think they should kind of follow what the Jets did. And, you know, the Jets' plan with Joe Douglas might be a complete disaster. We don't know. But I think it's a good blueprint to maybe give him a five-, six-year contract like the Jets gave Joe Douglas and say, listen, we know this is going to take a while. We're committed. Take this long contract. And do what you got to do to get this team in, in competition in three to five years. And a lot of money. Yeah, listen, this is going to be this is going to be a long road. 
I'm, I'm t- I've yeah. Listen, Rome wasn't built in a day. My dad, my dad asked me. He goes, "You really think this is gonna be?" And I said, "He he said, how long do you think they're gonna be bad for?" And I said, four to five years before yeah. they're really competing." Yeah. And listen, Hopefully, things can change. Huh? Things can change, but I don't know. I'm, I mean, think I'm about not- it. The Jets have been, I mean, the Jets are an exaggerated example because they have the, the longest playoff drought in the NFL by five years. Um, but I'm just going to go from the Fitzpatrick era when they, when they almost made the playoffs that year. The right. Jets have been rebuilding, retooling, whatever you want to call it, for about 2015 was the year that they flirted with the playoffs. And the next year was Fitzpatrick when they brought him back and they had a bad year. So let's call 2017 the first year of the rebuild that's five years now so and, and at this point we're already I, in my head i'm thinking i'd be pleased if this team is competing in the 2023 nfl season so both right. in third year but don't you like split it up like all right one was a failed rebuild so now you have a new rebuild here like that, I think that's how we have to split it up. Not yeah. like, yeah, all right, Darnold failed. You had Darnold three years, that failed. You re- yeah, I don't think it all re- resides on the quarterback, though. Not, you know, not necessarily. Can we go general manager? I also, let's talk about how bad the Jets' rebuild was in that Darnold era because Mike McCadden's, McCann- you know, out here not really accumulating draft capital. He's really just getting these high picks, hitting on that one pick, and then the rest of the draft is disgusting. I mean, I think about the names that pop in my head, Ja'Kai Polite, and all these morons that we're drafting. That's the guy they cut in the, in the third yeah, round. Yeah, right? Christian Hackenberg. Don't even get me started. Um, and then now what the Jets are doing is they have a lot of draft capital, which is good. But back to McCagnum, the point I was going to make, C.J. Mosley, who's won the Jets team MVP, because he was like second in the league in tackles, but he has like the worst pass coverage grade in the freaking NFL. If you uh, listen, we always we always say pro football focus and make a face. The guy's pro football focus grade is thirty eight point three, um, and that, that that's our team MVP. Um, you know, you sign Le'Veon Bell. I could go on and on about the money mismanagement. I've never seen a worse rebuild in my entire yeah. life. Oh, Tremaine Johnson. How could I forget that contract? Yeah, no. McCagden. Yeah. Take it. Please lighting money on take fire. my money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think you're proving this point failed rebuild or whatever that was. Number one, jo- Joe comes in. I got to get rid of all this. I get right. I get your point now that you're saying the, the, the Joe Douglas era is a separate rebuild from what happened with the cat, but either way you want to put it after the draft, either way you want to put it. Um, the giants. Yeah. Three years minimum to get back in contention, I'd say. You want to talk about the Jets a little bit? Yeah, I think we talked enough Giants. I mean, geez. Uh, you know, the Jets, I mean, the Jets are a little bit of a lesser story. Honestly, this this Jets season, it's been different for me. I mean, I'm pretty pleased with the way the season's gone, to be honest with you. Um, I'm a little scared with Zach Wilson because his rookie season is almost exactly the way Sam Darnold's went. Um, you know, you got the not playing so great, gets hurt, comes back. One of the best quarterbacks, you know, in I don't get crazy say one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but playing above average football for the past month. So, you know, it's a little like I've seen this movie before, but 
I'm not going to get, you know, picky and superstitious like that or whatever. Um, pleased with the way Wilson's been playing. Rob Sala, very pleased with the way he's performed his first year. And that's that's my review so far of the Jets, honestly. If you had to give a grade to Rob Sala, what would it be? Year one. Um, I'd give it, I want to yeah. say B, I, I would say B minus. I think think he's done a really good job with adversity. I think this team's had a lot of injuries. They've had a lot of COVID crap. Um, He's had COVID. I, you know, I think he's, he's dealt with a lot this year. I think he's done a really good job. You could see his players fight for him. Everybody is, is uh, all in all gas, no break. Um, All gas, no break. All gas, no break. Uh, I really like, the way the season's gone, um, the negatives, I'd say, you know, you're still a four win football team, which we didn't expect the Jets to come out. And, you know, some people did freaking some people, some people were talking 10 and seven. I don't know where the hell that came from. I said my ceiling for them was seven, seven wins. Um, but yeah, you know, you're a four win team, so I can't give you an A if you have four wins either way. Um, and then, you know, there's been a little turmoil, not turmoil. That's not the right word to use. There's been a little bit of uh, mismanagement, maybe, with, you know, you had the Denzel Mims situation. That was bizarre. Um, you know, just certain guys not using them in the right roles. The defense the defense hasn't been great at all. The defense hasn't even been average. The defense has been horrible. I think they're 31st in the NFL. They're giving up the most points per game. So that's not something I expected. I understand the personnel is not there. But I would think with Rob Sala's background, the defense would be a little better just because he's a great defensive mind. Um, so that's probably why I'm going to keep him in the, the B minus. I think he's done a great job with the media. He's got great relationships with his players, it seems like. Um, and, you know, he came on the Michael K show the other day and I was listening to his interview. He's, he's, the, he's the first Jets coach. And I dash they, they mentioned this. He's the first Jets coach that I can remember that actually goes on these shows and answers the questions and not in a stupid, oh, no, why did he just say that way? He They're well-thought-out answers. He doesn't reveal too much, but he also answers the question. Guys in the past, Adam Gase would, would dribble around the question the whole time, just not ever give a direct answer for whatever reason. Yeah, listen, I think he's... He's up front. He's honest. He's in, you know, he's intense on the sideline, but when you could have a guy that could, you know, flip a switch like that and be calm and, you know, understand the situation. And I think he's great in his press conferences and almost like, okay, yes, he's intense in one way, but in the other way, he could really focus and and not let that excitement get in, in the way of his (laughs) decision-making. I I think he's going to be a fan. I, I, I love the hire. I've said it all season to Jeff fans, even when some Jeff fans have been down the dumps about him and the whole in the whole year in general. I think he's gonna be a fantastic head coach. I, I really like I, him. I honestly I do too. I certainly hope you're right. Um, you know, I'm really one thing that also stood out to me. There's been this whole story this week. I don't even know why it's a story. I guess it's just that. Oh, point yeah, I do want, I want to talk about this. It's just that point in the season where the, there's, the Jets are out of contention and whatever. They're just the media starving for stuff. Brandon Eccles walked up to Tom Brady 
after the game, asked for an autograph on the, the with the ball that he intercepted Brady with and Brady signed. And for some reason, this became this big story. And even Michael Kay was talking about it. And I, I love him. I respect him. I don't know why the hell he was talking about it so much. It's a non-story. It became really. a story. It became it really a big story. And Sala went on the Michael Kay show and he backed up Brandon Eccles. He said, personally, they asked him, they said, would you do it? He said, personally, I wouldn't do it, but I understand it. The guy, you know, it's Tom Brady and... You know, you know that that's a once in a lifetime thing, and the guys go after do jersey swaps or whatever, and he didn't really have a problem with it. And that's what I like is Jets certain head coaches in the past, <laughs> Adam Gase, wouldn't do that. They wouldn't really have their guys back. And I like that he doesn't agree with what he did, but he'll still defend him. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And that's the guy you want to play for. You know what's you know what's funny about that. If if he did that, let's say he went over to the Buccaneers locker room at the end of the game and asked him to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I think we look at it in a completely different light. Yeah. I mean, it will be like, oh, my God, that's so cool. It, it, it would almost be like, wow, that's really cool that Brady did that. Right. Also, why are we killing this kid? He intercepted Tom Brady. Yeah. He intercepted, you know, the GOAT. Right. And he signed the ball. Like, we should be killing Brady, not Brandon Eccles. I agree with Salah. I, maybe I want to get the ball signed. Sure. I wouldn't have done it on the field like that. I would have done it, you know, in private. But the fact that this is a story that some kid, Brandon Eccles, who had been talking, apparently had been talking all week. He said, I'm going to intercept Brady. I'm going to intercept Brady. And he mm-hmm. spoke it into existence. Good for him. Yeah. And he got Brady to sign the ball. Now, Yes, the Jets lost a game, a meaningless game. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are rivals. Right. So no, no, no. It's just because it's, it's, it's Brady. Right. But Brandon Nichols wasn't on those teams when Brady was a rival when he was with the Patriots. Right. And let's be honest, you know, Brady was a rival to Jets fans. I personally can't stand the guy as a player because, you know, he was just constantly beating up on us every year. But don't you think in order to have a rivalry, there needs to be – a little bit of back and forth, sure. you, you know? So the Jets not having an AFC title since 2002 or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, the Patriots just beating up on them every single year. Can we really call it a rivalry when Tom Brady would just come and beat us every single year? It's the not only... a rivalry. It's a bully fest. It is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with the media, the fact that we're even talking about this right now, this is just stupid that that this is even a story in the first it's place. It's a story. I, mean, but, I understand why it's a story, but it's a stupid story. But, you know, Tom Brady, we talk about this guy like he's a, a godly figure. You know, the media will paint him out to be not above the human level, but a guy goes a rookie corner in a week 17 game where you're 4-11 and 11, and now 4-12 and 12 after the game. Goes up to Tom Brady, who is again this godlike figure, and asks for a signed autograph, and we're gonna make it into a story. Come on, lousy. Hey, listen, I agree with you. I um, I, I think it's I think it's really crazy that it. I think it's crazy it blew up like this. I'm not surprised at the story, but the fact that it was talked about so much, and again, I think if we're if Brady and Eccles did this in uh you know, a different setting, maybe after the game, you know, in yeah. the tunnel, 
I think it's different. Also, imagine if Brady, imagine if Eccles asked him to win if the Bucks lost that game. Mm. Brady would have spit on him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, something from that game, of course. Um, oh, Antonio Brown. Mm-mm. He's been cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After he, as we all know now, um, there's I found out really a lot today from Bruce Arians and of course um their tech messages, but oh yeah. Bray um Antonio Brown um just stripped down, took his pads off, took his shirt off, walked off the field because he didn't take Bruce his pants Arians, whoa, he didn't take his did pants I say off. take his pants off? Yeah, he didn't take his pants off. I said pads, pads, pads. Oh, pads. Okay, yeah. He took, took his, his pads off. Shoulder pads, yes. Um, shirtless, walked out, you know, ran out, skipped out, whatever you want to talk about it, and left the game. Uh, Bruce Arians had cut him right then and there. Ubered out of the stadium. Ubered out of the stadium. Bruce Arians had asked for his personnel group to go back in the game. He said no, and they had had issues in, in the locker room, you know, at halftime because of – he wasn't getting the ball enough and he was close to incentives. Mm-hmm. And then he said, no, I can't go out there. I have an injury. There's a crazy story. There's this girl that he slept with. Okay. An OnlyFans model that went on a radio show today in New York. And she said she was with him, you know, the night before the game, she said he was walking around on his ankle. Fine. Kept saying, I can't wait for you to see me play tomorrow. Kept saying, something crazy he said something crazy is gonna happen you watch now i thought this since monday i thought it was all planned i thought this was all planned out that he was gonna do this but you know she said he said absolutely nothing about the ankle was walking fine Uh, honestly i don't i want to talk about this and i want to give my opinion on it but the guy's clearly got something mentally going on, and oh, yeah. I, I honestly feel bad for him. I don't know what he has, but you know this is this is a player who we at his peak, the best wide receiver, football. the best wide receiver in the NFL, and that's in a an era with Julio Jones and you know your DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green and Calvin Johnson. Those are some really good receivers, <laughs> and. You know, he was number one, but I, f- I really do. I just feel bad for the guy. I have, I honestly respect – I gained some respect for Tom Brady um, with what he said in the press conference saying yeah. basically to have some, some sympathy for the guy. I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this was some planned out thing. I also wouldn't be surprised if this model or whatever the hell she is is doing this because she wants to – gain more followers you know so um she couldn't because the day she put put a story in the daily mail and the daily i think it's called the daily mail and they don't publish anything unless they have like sources 100 proof right and she had to present them with all this right um so yeah do i think antonio brown is going to play another game in the nfl no i think i think really i think he's i disagree I know. I really do. I think he's done. I think he's going to play in the NFL, not this season. Are we? Listen, I understand that, you know, this is a business and people are trying to win football games and everything like that. I get it. 
But are we ever going to have any moral? I don't want to say morals, but like the guy's a freaking lunatic. He's he just he really he just ran across. The, I, I thought he was a fan. I'm looking at them watching the game. I thought he was a freaking streaker on the field. I'm like, what the hell is? I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why is the camera showing this crazy guy running on the field? And then I'm like, oh, that's Antonio Brown. Um, uh, the guy needs to get some help. If anything, a team should or a player should go up to him and be like, hey, dude. You got to stop playing football because you got something going on and you need to figure it out. Um, But, you know, he's out here embarrassing the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are embarrassed from that. And are you really that consumed with, oh, we need to bring in whoever we can bring, even if they're an absolute lunatic, to come help your football team when, like, the guy needs to get some help. You really want to bring that distraction into your locker room? And like I said, I feel I feel bad for him, and I, I don't want to see him like that. But my point I'm making here is I think the best option for him, for him not to be like that, is to stop playing football. And credit to Brady because, I mean, Brady obviously advocated for him to get be here last season. They re-signed him. I mean, he lived in Brady's house for a little bit. He's made Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, not just the Buccaneers, He's made Tom Brady look bad now. Yeah. Like this is, you know, as much on Jason Light, I think that's his name, the general manager, as it is on Tom Brady mm-hmm. and Bruce right. Arians. And Arians is upset. He was very upset by it. I think, I mean, listen, I think Antonio Brown is is lying. I, you know, I, I don't think. Those text messages were. Was an issue. Those texts. Did you see the text messages? With Bruce Arians? Yeah. Yeah. They're not real. Get the hell out of here. He, Arians confirmed it. No, no shot that he confirmed yes, that. He confirmed it. He said, yeah, that's me. He said, like, yeah, he said, yeah, that's me. So what was the point of Antonio Brown saying that anyways? I didn't Damn. really get what point he was proving by putting those tweets out. That Arians was like, okay, we want you on the field and your ankle's good. Like, He had to be cleared by their doctors. And he was cleared by their doctors. I so- mean... I understand people think all this shady stuff happens, but like it, it doesn't. They they literally have to clear. It. Listen, shady stuff happens a lot in the NFL. I bet, but does that mean that every time guys take their shirts off and run across the end zone? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't. I don't believe him. I believe yeah. his ankle was good enough to go. I think Arian and Arian said he, he said on the text message he and he said it today too in an interview. He goes, they were on pitch counts. Evans and Brown were on pitch counts. Uh-huh. But he had said, we're not sitting you for playoffs. He goes, you're playing. If you're good to go, you're playing. And for whatever reason, he didn't want to play. Meanwhile, it, it makes no sense because he was eight catches away, a touchdown away, and 55 yards away from a million dollars in incentives, literally. It, it makes it makes absolutely no sense to me. It, uh, it is crazy. Arian said he was hurt by it, too. He was like, I, I would never force a guy to play. Yeah. Yeah, he embarrassed him. Yeah, so... All right. Listen, I think what blessing, not a blessing in disguise, but this has a story for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom oh, Brady. Give me a break. Yeah, this is do it. Do it for AB. Yeah, this is going to light a fire no, under no, their no, ass. No, Get the no, hell out of here. No, 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 no. Not a do it for AB. You think they don't give a crap you th- about AB. So, yeah, we got. 
just think about all the freaking over the years you got, you know, college basketball. You think about that sister Jane or whatever the hell her name was. And, you know, the people are, the, you know, John Madden just passed away for the Raiders. All these these nice things that would could could, you know, uplift the team in a nice spiritual, spiritual way. And you want to go out here and say Antonio Brown running off the field with the shirt off is going to is going to make the storyline for the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. The hell no, it's not like that. It's I, I, I worded it incorrectly. It is they're so like they lose another receiver. They lose Brown and it feels like it's this big loss because they already lost Godwin. And now they have, you know, a couple of no names playing wide receiver. It almost feels like you know, the beginning to a story where like, okay, they lose these guys and yet they bounce back and Brady finds a way to do it with these no name wide receivers. If anything, I feel like that's the way the Packers season is going to be because you got all the crap that happened over the off season with Rogers wanting to leave. And now with the, him saying he's immunized and you know, all, all the stuff with that. And they've had injuries. Bakhtiari hasn't played the whole year. And I could see that as like the Packers uh, Super Bowl DVD kind of a thing. I just I can't stand him. I can't stand it's, him. It's it's I don't, I don't so get it. no Rogers. So I know I love. Are we talking about if, football after we do our list? We are right. Well, I mean, if we want to, because we we still have to cover a lot of stuff and like we gotta go yeah. break. Yeah. I hate Roger so much. Where if it's if he goes to the Super Bowl and wins it, his smug face, like yeah. Like all this happened. I can't like, wait. I will, I will end my life. I can't wait. Oh my god! Nah, a little dramatic. I'm trying, there. I, I need to. I'm looking at these Super Bowl odds right now. The Packers are plus three eighty. I don't like those odds. Super Bowl champion or just to get to the Super Bowl outright? Yeah. Okay. Winner. I like Dallas at plus twelve hundred. I like Tampa at plus seven fifty. All right. Um, after our list, we got to talk about MVP and all that stuff. So yes, because we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers more. Yes, in a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm going to defend him. So mm-hmm. um, when we come back, we're going to do our list, and then we're going to do a little more football. And the Knicks just won a huge game before we came mm-hmm. on. We'll talk about that when we come back after this. The S and E Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. Episode 49. We are back. The Hardline Sports Talk. We're going to start off with our top 10 third baseman, and then we're going to go back into football because, I mean, we had some good discussions, but we didn't get everything done. We took too much time up. So we're going to do this top 10, and we'll beat third baseman. We were itching. Itching for baseball. Yes. I mean, the Mets just stole one of the Yankees coaches. I mean, poverty, can't afford them. We take them. Um, yeah. That wasn't even meant to be a shot. I'm sorry. Yeah. Listen, you're talking about baseball. How, how are these talks going? I'm, Nothing. No, like, I'm I'm mentally preparing myself for they're not starting on time. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting ready for that. I think that's, like, that's, that's the best case scenario in my head right now, that they don't start on time. Yeah. And then it turns yeah. into, well, when do they start? Well, I just read a Q&A from Max Scherzer a couple of days ago, and he said it's about integrity and, and basically not letting them win. Like, guy, like, you got to give yeah. to get. Yeah. Uh, the owners are greedy, though. I don't know. Um, All right. Yeah. Top 10 third baseman. 
I'm going to start us off. Start us off. All right. So to start us off, a guy who at one point in his career, maybe even a couple of years ago, could have been number one on this list. I got Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros. Um, bad year last year. Didn't only play about 90 games. Stats were not there. Didn't hit well. Um, and, you know, his, his 2020 was also not that great. So the last time he's had a really good season was 2019. So I have Alex Bregman. Some guy, a lot of guys have better 2021s than him. I put him on this list from a respect, respect standpoint. If at the end of this year, if he's anywhere up to honestly one, I would not be surprised. He's a very talented player, but the stats, the numbers just haven't been there the past couple of years. So I got him at 10. Yeah. He didn't make my list purposely too. Was not good, obviously. Not not a good season at all. Mm. I mean, this is you're right. I mean, he was probably one or two on the list coming into the last couple of seasons. He's not on mine. This guy was absolutely number one on the list a few years ago. And I don't know if this was more respect. His offensive numbers were pretty good. So they surprised me. And that was Josh Donaldson. I put him at 10. Um, when I was looking offensively, whether it was slugging percentage or WRC plus, he was near the top five every time. Right. So I don't see how I can leave him off. I'm going to put him at 10. Um, he's getting up there in age, obviously. He also likes to call people out when he shouldn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go uh, with Donaldson, start him off at 10. All right, my number nine, similar to Bregman, same thing. Guy injured last year, didn't have a good year. Uh, did have a good 2020, though, and his 2019 was ridiculous. Um, that's Anthony Rendon of the Los Angeles Angels. I expect him to come out and have a good year last year. Do I think he'll have a 1,015 OPS like he did in 2019? I don't think so, but I, I, I expect him to be good. I mean – was dealing with injuries last year that probably had a big big deal with why he uh didn't have the season even when he was playing didn't have the stats that he normally does so he's my number nine again a guy who can be up to number one on this list uh but that's where he should be yeah i don't have him on here uh, what's funny is my general manager right now my team was the general manager when they signed him to that contract with the Angels, it was more of an Art Moreno signing than anything else. I actually think Epler was against it. Whatever. Art Moreno's the owner over there in Los Angeles, well, Anaheim. And I don't know. He's had injury issues his whole career. Um, he had that huge year at the right time for the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Gave him a huge contract. Let's see how it plays out. He was not that. He was banged up 100%. That's part of the problems, though. So let's see how he returns. My number nine. I got Matt Chapman. Uh, offensively, he was he has not been good the past two seasons, but he's a hot trade trade name right now. They think a change of scenery will help. This guy is an absolute wizard defensively, probably the best defensive third baseman in the American League right now. I got Matt Chapman at number nine. His WAR numbers are high because of how good he is defensively. Yeah, and I you know wouldn't shock. I mean, I think this guy's going to figure it out offensively and return to to the player that we all think he is, which is a top five third baseman. Yeah, uh, didn't make my list. Neither did Josh Donaldson. I didn't say that before. Um, very good defensive third baseman, maybe the best in the league. But the offensive numbers just weren't enough for me to put him on this list. Uh, my number eight, a guy who had a like quietly good year last year, especially when you look at the analytical side. His WAR was four point five F WAR and a 122 WRC plus. That's Yoan Moncada of the Chicago White Sox. I got him at. 
Number eight, um, you know, his war numbers are a little higher than some of these guys on this list. He actually, when you go by F war, had the third highest F war of third yeah. baseman last year. But I think F war sometimes was a little crazy with the defense. Um, and, you know, the offensive numbers were good, not great. But that plus the track record, you know, hasn't had consistently good year after year. Eight. That's where I got I have him at eight as well. Um, he was, I remember when he was the hot most highly touted prospect in baseball. Yeah. That was with Boston. He got sent over in the Chris sale trade. I mean, could you, would you consider it a little disappointing so far his career? Maybe a little, bit? a little, you, you, you'll live with it, but a little bit. Uh, yeah. I got, I got him at eight. His war numbers were surprisingly high to me considering I didn't think he had the greatest season. Mm-hmm. So I have him at number eight as well. Um, uh, yes, we do agree. Look at that. Uh, number seven guy who is a traditional third baseman bounced around with teams and positions this year, but still played his majority of games at third base. Uh, Chris Bryant, I got him at seven, 3.6 F war last year, 123 WRC plus, uh, he is a free agent. Where will he sign? Who knows? I predicted him, I think to go to the Mariners. I think they're still a really strong suit for him. Absolutely. Um, you know, there are some big names on this list. You know, NL MVP, Chris Bryant. But uh, career maybe hasn't gone the way we thought exactly it would. I mean, when he won that MVP and at the young age, you know, we would we would expect this guy to be a top 10 player in the MLB for years to come. It hasn't worked out that way, but he's definitely still a very good player in this league. Inconsistency has been an issue. I also have a number seven. Um, yeah, he bounced up, you know, he went to the giants. Um, he plays a lot of different positions. Um, a lot of Met fans are really, you know, they really want the Mets to sign him. And, you know, for the most part, I, I think I'm against it at this point. I think he's a good player. Um, the money that I think he's going to command is a little too high. Yeah. Um, you know, the power numbers are still there, but again, the inconsistencies are what bother me with him. Um, it, it really is shocking, you know, the way his career has went, because like you said, I mean, we thought this was going to be, you know, one of the better players in the major league baseball for a very long time. Right. It hasn't gone that way. It wouldn't shock me if he, you know, found a way to rekindle that, you know, that success, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, a- the age, is, the age is definitely an attraction for free agency. He's a young yes. guy. Um, I don't think it makes sense for the Mets though, considering their pitching needs. Right. All right, number six. This it's gonna get a little dicey now. This may be a little bit of a bombshell surprise to a lot of I people. I have a feeling I know exactly who this is, and I have the same way. But my number six is Nolan Arenado yeah. of of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you know this is I'd put him at one if this was two years ago. But the course field effect, it's real. I'm sorry, it's real. Uh, I understand it's his first year with St. Louis. It takes a little bit of adjustment, but either way you want to spin it, the offensive numbers, I mean, the OPS was right around 800, which is when you talk about the average around the league, that's above average. But when you talk about third baseman, that's just about average. Uh, And, you know, he's a great defensive third baseman. Had a little bit of a down year defensively last year, though. It wasn't great, right? Yeah. And what really made me put him at this spot I've talked about baseball savant on this show, and it's a really good tool for maybe telling 
how guys are going to project into the next year or how are their numbers skewed a little last year. And when you look at his numbers, 43rd percentile average exit velocity, 31st percentile hard hit rate, uh, ex-WOBA, 29th percentile in the MLB. These are below average. So I, I'm not I'm not digging on Arnado right now. And it's a little concerning, honestly, if I was a Cardinals fan, because these numbers are not jumping off the page. Okay. I'm going to disagree. I have him at six. I'm going to disagree with you. I think the Coors field um, effect is, is, I think it exists. Do I think it's this massive issue, you know, with players? No. I think Arenado, yeah, I think the home runs might go down a little bit, but I think he's still going to be a very productive player. I, I, I wouldn't Listen. be worried about him if I was the Cardinals because they didn't give up much for him. Austin Gomber was the, you know, the, the main right. attraction of that trade. I, I still think he's going to pick it up. Yes, I'd love to see the OPS numbers, the slugging numbers, the OPS numbers to go up next season into the 900s. But I'm not like, I'm not shocked the first season out of Coors was a little low. And he's at six on this list. He's guaranteed, most likely, in my opinion, to go right back into the top five after and possibly move up into the top three or four. I think the Coors Field effect is real, like I said. Do I think some guys are just all world hitters and you can put them anywhere, even if they did more, they you can remove them from the Rockies and they can produce? Yeah, I agree. I think Nolan Arenado is a generally good hitter. But when you look at the numbers, I'm looking right now, 954 OPS at home for his career, 805 on the road. I get guys play better at home, um, but – that's a 150-point difference. That's pretty big. And, you know, the, the like I said, the defense was down. Uh, he's not really a kid anymore. You know, he's 30 years old now. So, um, you know, I don't think he's going to start regressing. I mean, 30 is still the prime of the average MLB player usually. But um, those offensive numbers, they are concerning for me. He's He really, you know, a 34 home runs but an 800 OPS – that's that doesn't really add up normally. So a little concerned. Um, but yeah, number six. Now it's getting it's getting to the top five. My number five guy who I believe has been one of the most underrated players in the MLB for a while now. Uh Justin Turner. I'm gonna give we're him going, his, we're going right in order. Yeah, I'm gonna give him his props. Um 4.0 F4 last year, 127 WRC plus. This guy just produces year after year. He just really, it's like he's, you know, in a simulation, just putting up the same stats, honestly. And, uh, you know, he's been a really important piece of the the Dodgers. I'm not going to call them a dynasty. They have won championship. But the, the great seasons they've had over the past couple of years, he's been a cornerstone for them. So love me some Justin Turner, number five. Yeah. I'm sorry if whoever's watching this. I keep touching my nose. I have this itch right now on the tip of my nose, like right here, and I it won't go away. And I'm like, oh. it's driving me insane right now. You're okay. Are the Rangers winning? My Rangers winning? No, they're losing in Vegas. All right. My number five is former Matt Justin Turner as well. Um, I, you know, the, yeah, the, 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 top, the first two were different. But, I mean, we're going right in freaking order. I was. I thought this and was I think, different. 
And I think four, three, two, and one are going to be different unless you went crazy and went, you know. Uh, I don't, who knows, dude? I mean, we're we're stride for stride right now. I know. Listen, I think you you mentioned about Tony, very underrated. Um, and still, I mean, how how old is he? It's probably 34, 33. He's something. older. And yet he is always he his numbers even last season dealt with injury. He was terrible in the postseason. Yeah, and he was he was a brutal in the postseason. I mean, he's 37. Holy crap. Yeah. So no way. it's crazy that he's still producing at, at the level that he is. 27 yeah. home runs last year. Um, you know, 127 WRC plus and a four war. I mean, listen, let's uh give One. props, but I would bet that one through four is exact. Yeah, I really 100%. would. Percent. Uh, you, you, you had Moncada eight and Brian seven, right? So we're yeah. So we're one through eight, the same thing. Probably. You know what? Uh, maybe instead of doing it the way we're doing it, because we're doing it a fair way, we we don't tell each other our list. Yeah. We should plan it out where we are like, all right, maybe we'll go. I'll go here. We'll go here. <laughs> for some from so there's a difference. I mean, we literally didn't plan this. So. Right. No, Graymonds think alike. What, what can you say? Number four, Manny Machado. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you explain this one. I love Manny Machado. I, you know, I have this weird thing with Robinson Cano. When he was with the Yankees and with the Mariners, I was obsessed with him. And Manny Machado is my guy from the right side, I guess. I am obsessed with Manny Machado. I wanted the Mets to sign him um, when he was a free agent before he signed with um, – San Diego. San Diego, excuse me. Listen, let's talk about Manny Machado. 122 WRC plus a 4.4 war, a very good third baseman. Still's got the power numbers. Um, just overall, a very good, solid player for um, San Diego. They, they gave him a ton of money, and I feel like he's living up to that contract over there. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um... He's smiling about no, I'm just thinking that when we were on, on break, uh, I said, I feel like our lists are going to be the, the most different, the complete, the, the biggest differences we've seen in this segment so far, but uh, it's actually the opposite. I mean, when we post this graphic on Instagram tomorrow, we're going to look like morons because everybody's going to be like, well, why they've posted the same You're thing the twice. Same list. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, you know, skip. Uh, let's get straight to the point. Number three, I got Austin Riley of the Atlanta oh, Braves. Oh, difference. difference. Hey, there we go. Uh, yeah. So what? I think we let's get let's get this out of the way. Our number one is going to be Jose Ramirez. I think this of is course. like one of the most obvious ones out of all the one positions. Of the best players in all of baseball. So true, New York man. When I was looking at Riley, I really in the beginning had him at two. And then I'm looking at Devers and I'm looking at Riley. I'm crunching the numbers. And Riley's offensive year last year was a little better, like just a smidge. And the war numbers, Devers was 0.5 higher. But if you go on baseball reference, I'll tell you a different story. So the stats were pretty identical. I mean, 135 WRC plus 134. Uh, that's the difference. Riley 135, Devers 134. But what swayed me? Two things. Because the stats were so close, I had to also factor in the year before. Devers had a better year. Devers also a little bit more of a proven player. Riley just broke out last year. And then what really made the difference for me, when I looked at Baseball Savant and I looked at 
some more saber metrics like uh, BABIP, which basically takes the all the balls you put in play. It it takes the batting average of that, the expected batting average, and everything like that. Uh, and and uh, Riley's was pretty high, meaning he got a little lucky last year. Um, but when I looked at Devers, numbers were flying off the page in terms of hard hit rate and exit velocity and all ex woba everything. He was off the charts, phenomenal hitter. So that's what gave me the edge for Devers. But I can, I, I can understand putting Riley over him. Yeah. So I have um, Devers at number three. Um, I, you know, obviously I, I think very highly of Rafael Devers. Um, 38 bombs last year. I don't really think I have to explain it. Um, Yankee I killer. Ex- yeah. Well, not worse than Austin Riley against the Mets. <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe this is just like us, like coping with the fact that these two guys are right. just kill our team. So we have one of them higher than, you know, right. vice versa. Cause Riley obliterates the New York Mets. I mean, he sees, he sees New York or Mets across the chest and he eats his Wheaties he, in the he's morning. A, yeah. He's a different player. I yeah. mean, he's lit. Chipper Jones was the biggest Met killer of all time. He's on pace to like, Chipper Jones, who against the Mets? I thought it was Utley. I thought Utley was even worse. Than not Chipper. not worse than Chipper. Chipper Chipper named his dog well, after Shea Stadium. Yeah, Dodgers Dodgers Utley was a menace against the Mets. Well, I mean, you know he he's a piece of crap. Nah. Um, where were we? Riley. Mm-hmm. Let's re- this sticks out in my head. So I was watching that game. It was June or something. And DeGrom was pitching. And DeGrom threw a 102-mile-per-hour fastball up and away. Like, top of the strike zone, corner. And for whatever the freaking reason, Riley sticks his bat out and hits a home run to the opposite way. And this was DeGrom's first bad start of the season. I'm like, how the hell did he hit that pitch? Are you kidding me? And, And DeGrom said it after the game. He goes, he goes, listen, there's absolutely nothing I can do if he's going to hit that out of yeah. there. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. He's a very impressive hitter. Yeah. And he's this is, his, this is his only knock. He's very streaky. Like, very, very streaky. So if he can be a little more consistent, this guy could have a chance to pass Jose Ramirez, in my opinion. Yeah, he's he is phenomenal. He's a mess. Um, I'm afraid. Scared. Petty. Yeah. So I already have an... I already said my number two, Rafael Devers. Uh, yeah, number one, Jose Ramirez, 6.3 F4 last year. Uh, five-tool player. He stole 27 bags as a third baseman, which is unheard of, honestly. Uh, 137 WRC+. Plus. He's going to lead third baseman in just about every every category when you talk about OPS and, you know, uh, the, the, the advanced metrics and everything like that. So, I like Ramirez at one. Um yeah, I uh, I'm pretty pleased with the way my list went. Definitely with some surprises when I was making it in terms of I was like, am I missing somebody? Because I feel like the star power was lacking a little bit from what we're used to with third baseman. I mean, think about a couple of years ago when Josh Donaldson was in his prime and you know, Chris Bryan at the same time. I think they won the MVP the same year together and Machado was playing even at a higher level. So, um. Kyle Seeger, that's a hot throwback. He was pretty freaking good too. But yeah, that he would, that, he would have been close. That's my list. So to recap, um, 
you don't have to anything to say about Jose Ramirez, right? Other than I pray to God that he's a New York Met in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Alex Bregman, 10. Anthony Rendon, Yoan Moncada, Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, Justin Turner, Manny Machado, Austin Riley, Rafael Devers, and Jose Ramirez. Mine was Josh Donaldson, Matt Chapman, Yoan Moncada, Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, Justin Turner, almost said Bieber, Manny Machado, Rafael Devers, Austin Riley, and of course, Jose Ramirez. That is our top 10. Third baseman. What's next? Um, let's get back into football a little bit. No, what's the next list? Short um, shortstops. Yep. Shortstops. We're going to go in order of, uh, you know, the, the book of positions. So catcher started, that's two, you know, the pitchers will do last, but two, two, three, three, four, four, five, five, six, left, left field, field, six, left. No, six shortstop, left field, seven, eight, nine, center field, right field. So starting pitcher is going to be very interesting, and so is right field. That's that's exciting. Mm-hmm. That's no, exciting. right? Okay. Right field, I was thinking about it. If you made the top 10 players in the MLB, five of them are probably right fielders. Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and Ronald Acuna Jr. Wow. It's insane how stacked that position is, and I can't wait. Because those five guys I just said, you can stack them in any order. Yeah. Um, no, you can. Bryce Harper just won the NL MVP. I could say he's number one, and I don't think that would be nuts. Guy just won the MVP. You know how I feel about a certain player, so we'll, we'll save that for um, when we actually go there. Yep. All right. Where do we want to go from here? Let's talk about the MVP because we were we were talking about Rodgers, teasing it before. Um, Aaron Rodgers is, um, I mean, I'll say it. He, he'd be the MVP if, if I was voting on it. And there are many people that don't like him. I don't think that's at all, you know, crazy to say. I'm one of those people that don't like him. Um, and the voters have even came out and said one voter, I think he's from Chicago, had said he's a bad guy and I won't vote for him. And Rogers responded by saying he's a bum and he doesn't care. So I, I, I like that response, honestly, yeah. but because that guy is a bum and, you know, should have absolutely no, shouldn't have his voting rights. That's ridiculous. Should have his voting rights. And it should have absolutely no effect on the MVP. It's the, field, yeah. you know, it's what he puts on the field, the, the product he puts on the field. And it's been fantastic. I mean, the numbers I mean, you look at Brady and Rodgers, okay, the numbers are close, yeah. but it's Rodgers. Yeah, oh, because because there's been some real model citizens who have won the NFL MVP before. Has, you ever heard of a guy named O.J. Simpson? He's, he's He was on the news a couple times. Yeah, he won the MVP. But Aaron Rodgers right. says he's immunized and is a jerk in the media, and you don't want to vote for him. So that guy could go scratch his ass, to be honest with you, because that's a that, – it, it, it makes me – I'm a big Rodgers fan. I've – you know, I've, I've – Said my brother's a Packers fan. I always watch the Packers, but I've always been in awe of Rodgers and his game. He's obviously amazing. So I always root for him. And even taking that out, just as a football fan, I think that's just absolutely ridiculous to make a point like that. That is, that's not what the the purpose of the game is, you know, or voting for MVP. It has nothing to do with freaking character. That's what the Walter Payton Man of the Year award is. Um, But yeah, back to the MVP race. I think it's no doubt Rodgers. If I had a second place 
to give out a second place award, I'd probably give it to Burrow, actually. Uh, maybe really? Burrow or Brady. Uh, listen, I love Jonathan Taylor and I, I love running backs having great seasons, but not going to happen. If this was maybe best, best stat award, you know, maybe Jonathan Taylor is the winner, but MVP means most valuable player. And if you take Jonathan Taylor off the Colts versus if you take Joe Burrow off the Bengals, I think there's going to be a much bigger difference with Joe Burrow leaving the Bengals. I mean, look at the Titans. They're the one seed in the AFC right now, and Derrick Henry hasn't played since, like, week eight. So let's 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 take Jonathan Taylor's name out of the MVP conversation, please. Yeah, you would, uh, you would think, right, Dave Gettleman? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would uh, – I like Burrow. I think he's having a – you know, fantastic season. I would still go Brady second. Okay. But, I mean, that's close. That's close. And, you know, what's funny about this is that, you know, gamblers are going to be affected. And, by the way, gambling was approved here in New York, and it, it launches tomorrow, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that. But gamblers are going to be affected because it's like, where do we, where do you put your money now? If you had yeah. a 50 voters, if you have one guy that said, I'm not voting for him because he's a bad guy. And I heard there was another rumor that said a couple of other people feel this way. Like that's big. Like that's big. Like, so they're just not voting for him to win MVP. You might want to like change who you're, you're going to, He's the guy's not a, a freaking axe murderer. What do you? You're not gonna vote for him because he's not a good guy. What? What is society now? Seriously? I mean, listen, I, 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 again, I dislike him. I mean, it wouldn't stop me from voting for him for MVP. Really though, it's like, it's like the, tell it's like me the asshole. It's like the asshole that didn't vote Derek Jeter into the Hall of Fame. Right. And oh, why? He didn't. He didn't give you a a, a interview twenty years yeah. ago. Yeah. Real nice. Please it's not on. it's not a freaking popularity contest. I just I want to ask you not because I I uh want to criticize you for it. Just explain to me why you don't like Aaron Rodgers because I just want to make a point out of it. Why don't you like Aaron? I, I think he is very he's got like this smug attitude that he thinks he's better than everybody else and he might be better than anybody else. He is. He's the best quarterback in football. He might be the greatest talent we've ever seen in the whole sport, but he just comes off as this pompous asshole that thinks he knows everything and he's better than you and that he's smarter than you and, and you have, you know, no right to even have the other opinion. I, I, I just, I, I don't like him. He right. Me and rightfully so, you have a right to feel that way. Is That's the reason why... They're not gonna vote for him for MVP because he's he's a smart ass. Okay, you know, get a get a get a grip, grow no, up. No, and, and again, that would listen. I I don't. I'm a Mets fan. You know, I'm jealous. The Yankees had Derek Jeter all these years, and they won with Derek Jeter. It wouldn't stop me from voting Derek Jeter into the Hall of Fame. It wouldn't stop me from voting Mariano Rivera yeah. into the Hall of Fame. It wouldn't stop you know if a Philly was going into the Hall of Fame. It wouldn't stop me from voting. For Terrell him. Owens. Terrell Owens is a phenomenal example. I think that was such BS. The guy is in the top three all-time in receiving yards. One of the the top ten easily, you could say top five best receivers the NFL has ever seen. And he, of course. It, it took him around, what, three times to get into the Hall of Fame? Should be, he should have been a first-bout Hall of Famer, no doubt. 
BS. It makes, it makes freaking innuendos that people want to put when, you know, voting for MVP or Hall of Fame. Who cares the guy's freaking character? Was he a good football player? Yeah. It's not the... We're not voting on Aaron Fame, Hernandez. When it comes to the Hall of Fame, you know, whatever it is, whatever sport it is, it's not the Hall of Integrity, okay? It's yeah. not the Hall of Nice Guys. If you want to make a Hall of Nice Guys, if, you know, you, ha- you, you said it, you have the Good Guy Award with the Walter Payton, you know, yeah. Man of the Year. That's a great award. It's fantastic. I'm happy they do that. But... To, you know, it's it's stupid. It really is. Uh, but let's talk about some playoff matchups that right now, today, before week 18, if the season started, this would be them. So you've got – I'm going to see if I memorize this because I've gone over it like five times this week. We got the Chiefs and the Chargers, the two versus seven in the AFC. Divisional matchup, two very high-powered offenses. That would be very interesting. That would you've be got, very interesting. You've got Bill's Patriots. Four or five right now, season ended today. Played two good games, close games. The second game was better. The Bills won. So you got that one. And in this game, you'll love the Bengals and the Colts right now. Mm. Oh, that that's would be a... a fantastic game. What would the line be in that game? I'd say Bengals. Bengals <sighs> minus three. The home team. You think just the home? You think it's a pick them basically? Yeah, home team gets three. Yeah, May, maybe four. I think. The, I think honestly, I think Vegas. I think they'd give them. I think it'd be like Bengals minus five. I think that's what they would say. And I would take the Colts. Yeah, so would I. Give me the Colts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's. Um, I can't. I can't wait. I'm so excited, dude. We talk about. We everybody always tries to rank what what sports playoffs are the best. Uh, I will always think it's baseball. I, I know people try to convince me other ways, but I'll always think it's baseball. Um, but something about that NFL wild card weekend with all those games going on is it's just it's amazing. All sports playoffs are great. We watch all the sports and we look forward to the playoffs, is what we play for. But yeah, it's except it's the, NBA. the NBA, the NBA, um. You you make eight teams make the playoffs and you have seven game series for every round. You make the playoffs now. T- now ten. You got playing games. Oh right, the playing games. Yeah, and then you you got two months of playoff basketball. Like it's another freaking season. Yeah. That's a that's okay. a different conversation for uh, a different day. Um, we'll be bored when it's just basketball and hockey soon. I can't believe the Titans are the one seed. Like it's I know. And but when you think about it, you're like, oh well, who would the one seed be? And you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, there's. 11 and 5 gets you the one seed right now. One, I mean, you would think you'd be happen? Kansas City, especially with the way they finished the season and played. Yeah. But they got off to just such a rocky start. You know, they kind of dug a hole. It got off to the rocky start, lost a tough game last week in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, the Titans shouldn't lose to the Texans, but we've seen crazier things happen. What about the NFC side? What's the, uh, what are those matchups looking like? So we got Tampa Bay and the 49ers. We've got the Eagles and the Rams and the Cardinals and the Cowboys. That I like. Cardinals, Cowboys, I like. Because I'll tell you right now, I hate them. Niners, Niners, Bucks is good. Niners, Bucks is good, too. Yeah, that's a good game, too. Oh, my 
God. I've never dealt I, with this. I keep itching it and it won't go away. It's just chronic. I, I'm going to be itchy for the rest of my life. Oh, um, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. It's horrible. I got the, um, I'm, holding, I'm holding the mic here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're just getting lazy. I'm leaning, I'm leaning back. Yeah, it's that uh, point in the night. Let's kick, kick back, relax. I'm getting um, ready for the snow to start falling. Yeah. The Eagles, that's the Eagles-Rams game. There's always that one playoff game where everybody's like, oh, this is the, the sleeper pick of the week. Eagles are winning this game. That's going to be that game. I mean, it, it will it end up being like that? We have one more week to go. Who knows? But hypothetically, if that's the matchup, everybody's going to be like, oh, the Eagles, this is going to be an upset. And personally, I'm I, one of them. I don't, I, don't, I don't see it. No, I don't I'm see one it. of them. I don't. Can't stop the Rams. Can't stop that run. I want to make a point about the Eagles, which is kind of going. I do too. It's kind of going to go against what I just said, because I'm basically saying I don't think the Eagles are going to win the game. But a lot of people were making fun of the Eagles and saying, "Oh, look at their schedule. Look at all these wins they had." I get that. I get that they don't have a lot of impressive wins, but they also don't have like stupid losses. You know what I mean? Like they beat the teams they were supposed to beat. So. Give them some credit for that, and that's why they're they're in the beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and you're in the playoffs. That's what happens. I think they're the biggest surprise in all of football this year. Them and the Bengals. Me and you were talking easily. about them being what the first overall pick. We were like they're yeah, being three and, four, three and fourteen. The Bengals too. I, I said the Bengals were going to win four games. And listen, you could talk about their wins. They have. I, I looked at it yesterday. They haven't been great, but their losses are also good. I mean, they lost to the Chargers at home yeah. by three. Um, there were a couple other ones that they I'm hung around with the Chiefs, didn't they? Around. They hung around with the Chiefs for a, a few quarters. And you have to remember something. Young head coach. I mean, I'm first year head coach, young quarterback, a young offensive guys. They're really starting to get it going. And guess what they have, which is incredibly important. The best offensive line in football. Yep. That is now for the first time. And, God knows how yeah, long. Fully healthy. Fully healthy going into January, which is pretty scary. So I know you don't think they're going to – I think the Rams are ultra-talented. I, I, I said on Monday I think they really have a chance to win the game. I think they'll keep it close with the way they're able to run the ball. I don't know if they'll ultimately beat them, but I think the Eagles are going to hang around against the Rams. Uh, yeah, no, I could definitely see them hanging around and keeping it a game, but I don't see them winning the game personally. Um – is there anything else we want? I just I just looked at my phone. Um, I don't think ten minutes. I don't think there's anything else. Oh, we, I forgot to mention this: the Jets need to extend Braxton Berrios. By the way, yes, they actually do need to because we let a returner in Andre Roberts go a couple of years ago, and Braxton Berrios is not only just as good a returner as him; he's also versatile and can play offense in a lot of different ways. So, yeah, they gotta they gotta you know keep him around, but. Uh, no, we, I think we just about covered everything with football, uh, basketball. You said the Knicks with a huge win, Evan Fournier, you know, play against the Celtics every game. That'd be nice. Um, maybe he'll make a $71 million worth it. Yeah. 41 points. The Knicks have had like two 40 point Kemba scored 40, just like random ass 40 point games. Um, but I think the story of the night's the RJ Barrett buzzer beater, obviously, yeah. Um, I didn't see it yet. I listened to it on the radio. I don't. I don't. I don't mean to call out play-by-play guys because I did play-by-play play-by-play football for my school on the radio, and it's difficult. Mm-hmm. This guy was terrible. I couldn't tell that the game-tying shot by Tatum 
and the game winner by Barrett. I couldn't tell the difference between if it was a two-pointer and a three-pointer in the third quarter. They meant nothing. Right. That's how bad the call was. Um, very quickly, um, we'll talk about it next episode. The national championship is on Monday. We got Bama and Georgia. I don't know who I'm picking yet. I'll, I'll I'll put it out when I have my pick. It's tough I, this I, year. It's not – to me, it's been obvious the past two years. I think Bama was an obvious pick for me last year, okay. and yeah, LSU I, I, I was went, an obvious pick for me the year before. I went on to. Yeah, not a boy. Um, but, yeah, this is – this is a tough pick because I don't. I know Georgia did had a tough time against Alabama the last time, but we know the way this sport goes. You know, a team has a bad game or a bad game plan or whatever. Things don't go their way that day. They can end up beating Bama by twenty on Monday, but I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be a close call. It's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a very good game. Again, I don't know which way I'm leaning. I really don't. I would have told you Bama right after the the game, but. Their offense did not look great against Cincinnati's defense, and Georgia mm-hmm. looked like – I mean, I don't. I, I thought Michigan was slightly overrated. I think that's why the line was like that eight points. You know, I, I think Vegas knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They were right. So, it'll, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We'll probably record that Tuesday night so we can watch the game. Uh, yeah, no, we won't record night, on that so Monday we'll night. No. Tuesday night, and we'll, we'll talk about the game, obviously. Yeah. So we're watching it. I mean, yes. making some legal wagers in New York. On yes. it. very excited. My very bank excited. account is going to be in bad shape. Yes, very excited. No, because we're going to win. Well, yeah, no, I'm 16 like Paul <laughs> though to, to celebrate on Sunday. <laughs> That's going to do it for us, though. We will talk to you guys um, next week and enjoy the weekend and the snow here in the Tri-State area. And episode 50 next week i think we gotta just pull out all stops big let's, you know let's get a cake let's, yeah, let's get a cake we'll confetti we got a nice fudgy the whale cake yeah and maybe a guest who knows yeah. i gotta re- i gotta reach out to him one more time he didn't answer maybe we'll see we're, te- we're teasing suspenseful yeah don't get your hopes up though who knows all right have a good night talk to you guys later